0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. You're with Rachel and I'm the host of this podcast if you didn't know that already by reading the title. And today is the start of season seven and I'm so excited for this season because I feel like I've had some time away. I just got back from my one year wedding anniversary trip and I've been thinking about what I want for this season. And I was thinking about maybe talking about more personal stories about things that have happened to me. And hopefully they're relatable to you also. Hopefully you can relate to them because I feel like people understand and relate more to stories than being told exactly how to handle a situation or just, you know, getting to the point. Sometimes people relate more to just stories. So yeah, I really hope the the stories are relatable and that you enjoy them. So to kick off the season, I thought I would talk about my testimony. And if you don't know what a testimony is, it's a it's a Christian word, I guess. Um, it's basically just another word for uh, the story of how I became a Christian. To those who I explained this uh, to a few years ago, I'm so sorry. So please let me try again to tell this story right, right now. Okay, so I guess we're going to start off by just talking about my life before I was a Christian, and before I had my encounter with Jesus and gave my life to him. So I guess I just want to start off by saying that I was raised in a single parent home. My father was Australian and my mother is Filipino. And my father passed away from a brain tumour when I was seven. He worked in the government, so I suppose he got a brain tumour from using his work his work phone, his, he had a satellite phone and he used it like all the time. So <laughs> let this be a lesson to you. Don't, do not sleep with your phone nearby, near your head or near your pillow. Just keep it away from you or keep it in another room altogether because radiation is a thing. <laughs> anyway, so my mom, who is Filipino, she raised me in Australia and I'm not gonna lie, it was a little bit rough at first because she raised me the Eastern way in a Western society. So I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but they're very different. So there were a lot of bumps along the way. My mom is Catholic. I was brought up in the Catholic church, but honestly, I had no idea what it was all about. I didn't really understand any of it. I didn't understand why we went or why we why we were going. When I was a kid, they would just take the children to the back to do some coloring while everyone else was listening to the sermon. So as a kid... I just didn't really feel like I learned anything about the faith other than like Old Testament stories like Daniel in the lion's pit or Moses going down the river as a baby and things like that. And uh, it's actually quite funny because... I had no clue so much about the faith that I actually thought that the priest was Jesus, which my mum thought was hilarious. But yeah, anyway, fast forward. One day when I was in sixth grade, uh, mass was just finishing and I was walking to the car with my mum, and a school bully happened to be riding past the church and he saw me and he shouted out across the street and laughed and he goes, ha ha, Rachel's the church here, ha ha. And he's like bullying me from across the road really loudly. And for some reason it really affected me. So, I told my mom that I didn't want to go to church with her anymore because I was being bullied about it and it really upset her, but she was really nice. She didn't force it on me. So, I didn't really have to go to church from that point on. Then throughout high school, I remember that there was this sudden compulsion to be liked by everyone and to be considered to be cool or attractive, and I remember lying a lot in order to get other people's approval and I feel like this isn't really a secret, but since I grew up without a dad, I naturally wanted the approval and love, particularly from other guys. Um, But at the time, I just remember that I was never really concerned with the consequences. I never really thought things through properly. And I never really thought about things in the long term. I would say things or I would do things without thinking about it first. And that really hurt a lot of my friendships with other people. And Wanting the attention and affection from guys in particular did get me into a lot of trouble. I was in and out of a lot of abusive emotionally and mentally manipulative relationships. So I really think that my security and my happiness came from being loved and accepted by other people, no matter if that meant dressing a certain way or going to parties and drinking, getting guys' attention, just doing what anyone else was doing at the time. I just wanted to fit in. And I really felt also that my identity came from what I did. Whatever I did to impress my friends or my family, that's where my identity was rested on, which is why whenever I failed, I took it really hard. (laughs) I also went through an emo stage. (laughs) And I, looking back now, I know exactly why. So like I said before, I, I lied for affection and attention and I was a very playful and silly, fun loving person. You know, I, I said that I didn't take things seriously, so no one took me seriously, and people seemed to find it very easy to walk all over me because of that. And so mentally, I hated not being taken seriously. So I I think I just became an emo subconsciously because I was thinking that if I intimidated people by how I acted or how I dressed, then they would take me seriously. But looking back on this, it's just so, it's so clear to me now why I did that. But after my emo stage around year 11 and year 12, I started wearing clothes from the target business section. And thinking that since I can't intimidate people into taking me seriously, then maybe if I dressed seriously, then maybe t- people, other people would take me seriously. And for the most part, it worked. I looked sharp and serious on the outside, but on the inside, I was still damaged from all of those past relationships and toxic friendships and not really having a relationship with my dad and having a rocky relationship with my mom and not taking school seriously and just all of those things. And then after a while, it started to boil to the surface. I got into a serious incident where I was bullied by this girl, and I retaliated, and I ended up being in trouble instead of her. And it was quite serious. It went to court, and I was actually charged with cyberbullying, and she got nothing. Now, I don't really want to get into any more detail than that uh, in order to protect the other person, but that's just the gist of it. So anyway... Other things happened and the law and the police just didn't really protect me at all. And I felt like they should have because they're the, the, they're the law. <laughs> and as a result of this whole traumatizing process, because I never really felt defended. I feel like no one really believed me. No one, no one wanted to listen to me. So it was all very traumatizing for me, um, especially when I'm going through year 12, you know. So I developed depression, anxiety, panic disorder and PTSD then everything just started to explode. Like my broken inside was coming to the surface in ways that I just really couldn't imagine. And I felt like I had lost control over everything in my life and I felt like nothing was real anymore. I had no boyfriend. My friends had abandoned me. People at school and the teachers were demonizing me. I was expelled in my final year of school. And to top it all off, my mum ended up having a heart attack from everything that was going on because Because people just saw me as the enemy and we even had our house broken into, which was really traumatizing for my mom. And, you know, she was really worried about what other people thought of me. So I just really, truly felt like I was at the lowest point and and no one could help me. No one wanted to help me. I no longer had the love and acceptance from those around me. I, I actually had the complete opposite. And my schoolwork and my reputation was just going down the toilet. So my identity felt gone as well. And even if I tried to recover from it, it was just never truly the same. Everything just felt tainted and everything was just gone. And I was, I was just at the very bottom. <laughs> and because of that, I became very reactive, defensive, angry, scared, paranoid and all that stuff. But luckily I met someone who was a Christian, he's actually my ex-fiance now, but at the time he seemed to have this hope and authenticity that I just hadn't seen in other people. Because with other people, it felt like if you hung out with them long enough, they would just find something wrong with me and then they, they would just end up leaving but this guy told me about his relationship with God and what Jesus is like and what his other friends are like as well. And he invited me to youth group at first. And obviously I had a panic attack because I just assumed that everyone there was also going to hate me and they they were all going to believe all the horrible rumors that were going around about me. But Everyone was surprisingly nice and kind and caring. And it was just so weird to me at first. I think I was just so used to people insulting me that niceness was just random and weird. But I started going there. And then after a while, I started going to the church itself. And that was also scary because there were all these rumors uh, around at the time that these Christian churches were basically cults and to stay away from them. (laughs) But obviously, I see that now that that's just not true. (laughs) But yeah, he introduced me to some people that went there and they were all really warm and friendly. And in particular, he introduced me to this woman. She ended up becoming my mentor and she told me that she had just started this Bible study group for young girls and she wanted to invite me along. And I remember every time that I got into my car to go to her house, I would just have a panic attack and I would go home and i was just really scared that all these girls just secretly hated me or thought something was wrong with me and that they were gossiping about me behind my back but i just remember one day my mentor just told me just listen to worship music in the car and On the way to her house one night I did and I didn't really know what to listen to so she gave me some suggestions but before I knew it I actually I actually managed to get to her house and didn't have a panic attack and that was such a huge moment for me because before that I was just I was scared to even leave my bedroom so this was a huge step forward. So I started going to this Bible study group with these other girls and I slowly made friends with them and it was really intimidating because they all knew their Bibles they knew exactly where every book was and I had never even opened a Bible before but it didn't end up being that bad actually because I know a lot of people when they think Bible study they think oh my gosh it's going to be this big scary intimidating thing but we actually just ended up talking about things that were relevant to us at the time and things that we were going through and stuff like that and um, our leaders were there to encourage us to find uh, the answer in God's word despite what was happening to us and I felt like They were genuinely warm people. They were caring and friendly. And for the first time, I just felt like there seemed to be a path through all of this mess and that there was hope and that I can eventually get back on track this time. Then one night, another woman was leading the Bible study. She was a pastor. She still is a pastor. And um, she's very, very wise. And I I respect her greatly. And I remember she said at the start of one night that, I believe God is going to talk to us tonight. And I see now what she meant. (laughs) I know that she meant that God's presence is going to be with us and he'll be guiding us to reveal some important things in our hearts and minds through prayer. But to me, someone who had no clue about Christianity or what that meant, I took it literally. I, I literally thought she said, God is going to speak to us audibly. And I started to panic. I started to think, oh no, God is going to speak to everyone except for me. He's not going to speak to me because I'm not a Christian. Oh no, everyone's going to think that I'm some kind of fraud and then they won't be my friend anymore. And they're just going to abandon me. And so we were told to go to different corners of the house and to have some silent time alone, just to pray and you know, be in a space where there's no any distractions, but I didn't do that. I, I sat in my corner of the house and I just curled up into a ball and I was I was shaking and I was crying because I was just so scared that I was going to end up being rejected by this group of girls who I felt just became my friends. And so I was shaking and I was crying and I, I suddenly felt the whole atmosphere around me start to close in. Now, I don't, I don't actually remember breathing, but I felt like there was this presence that was somehow coming from inside my chest, but also it surrounded me on the outside as well. And so I, I remember in that moment, I clearly heard coming from like, again, within my chest and outside of my body, I just, I heard, Rachel, why are you crying? Now, I know when you tell people that you heard God clearly, people seem to get really skeptical and I don't want to get into what hearing from God is like and how do you test it to know if it's genuine, because I'm not trying to say that the only way that God can speak to you is audibly, like, no. I think that's an episode for another day of what hearing from God is truly like. But honestly, I have never heard uh, God as clearly as I did since and I know in my heart that it was him without a doubt at all. So um, even in that moment though I was doubting and I thought that I was just crazy and that what I heard just came from my own mind but he ended up calling me out on my doubt and since then I have never doubted that he was real because it was just so clear to me. Anyway to summarize the experience though he he asked me why I was crying and I told him that I was scared. I was shaking, I was crying, and and then he, he then, I didn't know it at the time, but he gave me this Bible verse, and it was John chapter 14, verse 27, as a reassurance, and it says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give to you as the world gives, don't let your hearts be troubled or fearful. Now, that both freaked me out, and also soothed my doubt because how can my own mind tell me a Bible verse when I have never even picked up or read a Bible at that point so I it just had to be God like there was no other way for me to explain it now I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that he gave me this verse and then magically all my anxiety left me no so that didn't happen but however I I know that I didn't panic or was anxious for the rest of the evening I felt a genuine peace for the first time in a full year for once, I was actually calm. I actually felt this this stillness in my body. And if you've ever had a panic attack or you've ever been anxious before, uh, you might be able to relate that you just you feel like inside you your heart is just rattling constantly. But for the first time, it was just still. And for the encounter, I I literally had no idea what it meant at first. So I wrote it all down. I showed my mentor, and she just cried. She she was so happy for me. She knew exactly what it meant. To me, And she later explained to me what it all meant and that she said that if we understand that Jesus is the way to God, the Father, and if we love him and listen to what he says, then we will have perfect peace because the Holy Spirit will be with us and we will never be alone again. Now, this was a lot for me to comprehend at first, and I didn't quite understand and get it all at once, but I just knew that I was hungry to know more. Now, since that encounter, I began to realize that peace wasn't found in the approval from my friends and my family and my joy wouldn't be found in chasing after boys and partying and my identity can't be found in my work because all of these things can fail. So I had to look into what did this mean for me specifically. So for me, I would call this the moment that I came to Christ because that was the moment that I was confronted with with his reality, with like the presence of God. So I was just still trying to wrap my head around it and try to understand it all. So from that point on, I started going to church and I started to hear the gospel. And I was taking notes on every single sermon. And my perspective of peace and anxiety just began to change. And I began to learn that majority of the problems in my life can be resolved by just trusting in Jesus. And everything seemed to point to him. It was like he was the missing puzzle piece that I've been looking for in order to finish the puzzle so that I can see the picture more clearly. And I went from only seeing directly in front of me, so like what would please me right here and right now, and then being able to think about the future, the bigger picture and, you know, what would be best for me in the long term and what that means for me as a whole person, and then ultimately about the rest of eternity, because, I would figure out, like, what did that mean for me? And once I started to think about it, I felt like I finally had to make a decision. With everything I had learned, was I going to finally accept and trust Jesus with my life, my problems, my issues, or am I going to continue to struggle through only relying on myself and society to tell me where to go? And so it was really hard at the start, but obviously in the end I chose Jesus. Um, I wasn't magically transformed or anything. I wasn't suddenly perfect. I still had so many personality issues that would take so much time to undo and heal, but I was on a new path, uh, a path that was led by Jesus, and he started to teach me so many things like how to trust in Him when things look bad, how to manage my mouth, how to see how good He is and how much He loves me and just accepts me the way that I am and I don't have to prove anything. So as of recording this podcast episode, I have been a Christian now for seven years and a lot of things in my life is very different from how it was before. It's been an amazing adventure so far, but I can feel like with every problem that comes up in my life still, uh, I can see now and feel that God is molding me and teaching me new things. I definitely feel a lot more caring about others than I used to be. And I'm an Enneagram two and an INFJ-T for anyone who keeps track of that personality stuff. So I do sometimes still struggle with saying no to people and putting self-care first, but I care about people now because they're also made in God's image, not because I need their approval and love. I just try to love them for who they are because God does the same with me. And I'm still not as patient as I'd like to be right now, but I'm sure God's working on it through uh, my puppy, Nutmeg. She's always testing my patience. So yeah, um, I no longer have depression and I don't have panic attacks anymore. Although I still do get worried about things, but I've learned now that when that comes up, I just remember that God is ultimately in control and he does use everything for good and he does things for good in the end. And knowing that calms me down fairly quickly my attitude and perspective towards most things now is that everything has a unique purpose. I try not to let my my PTSD or my OCD or any kind of paranoia color how I view things, but instead I just try to see things through how God would see it as. I try to think of it and its eternal value. And this in particular is what is most difficult for me to do because it can be so easy for my body to just be so overwhelmed with emotion, because I'm I'm a pretty sensitive person, but I'm still a work in progress. But yeah, I'm I'm not motivated by my work anymore. For me, my work is work is just work. It's not a life. Whatever I achieve here will eventually pass away when I pass away. So it doesn't really matter to me as much anymore. I know that I can't really bring any money or cars or a house or any other material items with me into heaven. I can only really bring other people by, you know, showing them love and showing them who Jesus is. So now I don't really live. For love, acceptance, perfection, or acknowledgement from other people. But I just try my hardest to live for God and I try to do my best to show other people who Jesus is. I don't always get it right, and I know that I'm not perfect, and I know that I've hurt people along the way and that I make mistakes. But I want to believe that Jesus is working on my heart every single day and He's helping me every single day also. But yeah, I say I want to show other people Jesus, and I mean actual Jesus and not the fake legalistic religion. Um, I really want people who are listening to get that. I know that some people who don't like Christians or Christianity, and they don't like them because of some horrible things that have happened to them or some things that people have said to them. But I just want to take this opportunity to say to those people that those Christians who have done you wrong, like, they're not Jesus. They aren't a perfect representation of who he truly is. And I know as Christians, they're supposed to be representatives of Christ. But again, we're only human. We don't get things right all the time. And I know that maybe you think that we should, because we act like that sometimes, that we should have it all together. But please try to remember that we're only human. We're trying our hardest to live for God. And sometimes people have it twisted. When you do find a community of Christians who do get it right, then you'll find a group of people who will be true friends to you and they will almost feel as close to you as a family. And, yeah, just true friends are really hard to find. (laughs) But they'll point you to the real Jesus and ultimately I think that's all that really matters, your personal relationship with Jesus himself and not legalistic rituals or anything like that, but actually reading the Bible and discovering for yourself who he is and what he means to you personally and not letting anyone try to affect how you see that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know that it's a lot different to how I normally do episodes, but I really hope that you enjoyed listening to my testimony. This is something that is very personal to me, so I really do hope that you get something out of this episode. If anything... I really hope that you just understand that my faith is very important to me and it has shaped me into the person that I am today. And if you know me personally, I hope this explains all the hows, what's and why's behind it for you, if you've ever wondered. Um, So if you have any questions on this, seriously, you can ask me about it, whether online or in person, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it with you. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, I hope you have a really great rest of your week. See you next time. Bye.